Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast. Check out our new website for all your news, updates, and episodes at NASCARfieldfiller.com. We have one spot left in the field, so let's fill up the last row with our host, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just had our first ever dirt race in over 51 years in the Cup Series. And in all honesty, there's a lot of Rick's reviews on it. Some of them very, very positive. Some of them very, very negative. A few in between. There were certain things that affected the race while it was going on. Some things that affected it outside of the race's control. So there's a lot of things to talk about here. But we're going to cover all of that. We had a truck series race and a cup series race that happened here on Bristol. So let's get into it. I think this is going to be a pretty interesting episode to say the least. So let's first start off with the final results and what we learned from the truck series race. Alright, so for the Truck Series race, we did have a few heat races that were planned. We were able to run one whole lap for the first heat race until every single truck caught covered in mud. No one could see a damn thing. It was a shit show. We ended it right there and we decided to call it a day. The plan then was to do the race after the cup race on Sunday, which a lot of people thought was quite stupid because there was a lot of cup series drivers who moved down to the truck series for this one race so they can get a little bit of experience. So literally, they would run the race that was most important to them and then run a race that was kind of an expedition practice race right after. So (laughs) that was going to be like an, oh great, well, so much for that plan. But even then that didn't happen because we had some flooding that was going on in Bristol, Tennessee. So they weren't even able to race on Sunday. So we decided to move them both races on to Monday. And then the Truck Series race was still going to be done beforehand. However, since there was no heat races, four drivers did not qualify. The number 83 of Trevor Collins, the number 62 of Jessica Friesen, the number 39 of Ryan Newman, and the number 3 of J.R. Hefner. There was 12 cautions for 54 laps. Basically, 35% of this race was held under caution. And there was a lot of passing going on throughout the race. There was a lot of good action pack. But there was one clear driver who clearly dominated this race. And that was the number 51 of Martin Trex Jr. winning stage one, stage two, leading 66% of the race. He was your winner and is now the 35th driver to get a win in every single series for NASCAR's top three divisions. He is your winner of the dirt race at Bristol. Finishing second is the number 99 of Ben Rhodes. Finishing third is the number 24 of Rafael Lazard. Finishing fourth is the number 38 of Todd Gillen. Finishing fifth, we have the number 04 of Chase Briscoe. Finishing sixth is the number 98 of Grant Enfinger. Finishing seventh is the number 21 of Zane Smith. Finishing eighth, another good run for the number 75 of Parker Kligerman. Finishing ninth is the number 16 of Austin Hill. And round out the top 10, another impressive run for the number 22 of Austin Wayne Self. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 10. The number 11 of Bubba Wallace finished 11th. Kevin Harvick in the number 17 finished 15th. The number 2 of Sheldon Creed led 38 laps, but unfortunately there near the end, he wasn't a factor. He finished 16th. 
Daniel Suarez in the number 02 finishes 17th. Haley Deegan, a lot of people were optimistic about this race. She kind of finished near the middle once again in that number one machine. She finished 19th in this race. Johnny Sauter ran to some problems, finishing 32nd. Then he had Chandler Smith in the number 18, finishing 34th. Kyle Larson in the number 44, getting into some problems, finishing 35th. Uh, only completing 98 laps. You also had John Hunter Nemechek getting taken out by Matt Crafton. He finishes 39th in this race. And round out the field after just 34 laps, the number 26, uh, Tyler Ankrum, finishes in the 40th spot due to an accident. So, a few takeaways here. Obviously, it was an absolute bummer that a few of the drivers like Ryan Newman and Jessica Friesen were not able to make the race, and J.R. Hefner. And the reason for that was simply because of the rain. They could not do a heat race. There was just no time to do it on Monday. It really, really sucks, but that's just the way it is. The weather was really not working for them at all during the entire weekend. We were able to get practice, but that was about it on Friday. Now, as far as the racing was going, I think in the first 50 laps, I was so damn excited. And it was so cool to see these trucks just running around the racetrack. It was a lot of fun. And then, unfortunately, it seemed like a bunch of people were starting to spin out, wreck, and then every single time we'd run about 5 to 10 laps, caution, 5 to 10 laps, caution, and we started to realize, oh, damn, this race is not going to be nearly as good as we thought. Now, don't get me wrong, I still really enjoyed this race. It wasn't a bad race, um, but at the same time, it wasn't a fantastic race. It was somewhere right around the middle. I think the racing was a little bit too long here for the truck series. When you think of a dirt race, it's usually about 30 to 50 laps, and this race was 150. And it's kind of feels like almost like Eldora in a sense, where it was super exciting at first, and then as time went by, it lost more and more interest. And it was kind of like this race was blended all with all the times we raced in Eldora. Super exciting the first time, uh, the first few laps, really fun to watch. And then we were starting to get bored a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. And by the end of it, I was just like, cool, Martin Trex Jr. won. Now let's just wait for the uh, Cup Series race. So as far as the racing goes, that's what, all I got to say. John Hunter Nemechek and Matt Crafton over the radio was absolutely hilarious. And the fact that the truck ran into the number four of John Hunter Nemechek causing more damage was just even more ridiculous. I guess they didn't realize that these trucks can slide off the racetrack here in the mud. Uh, when the banking is that high, obviously that happens. But it's been a while since we've seen a trackside truck uh, be involved in some type of accident one way or another. Yes, that happened to Natalie Decker last year, but I'm not really going to count that one. I'm talking more about like the situation where um, the number 95 car smacked into the side at Richmond. This one was kind of the same thing. Like John Hunter Nemechek's truck was kind of beat up already, but they just decided to put some icing on the cake and to screw it up even more. And if you look at the video, you see John Hunter Nemechek still applauding Matt Crafton as he see as the truck behind him goes right into the front wall. So <laughs> that was a funny little image right there. And while we're on the topic of drivers, let's talk about all the Cup Series drivers moving down into this Truck Series race. A lot of people are throwing a fit that they had this many Cup Series drivers in this Bristol Dirt race. Everyone was just like, you know, they should only be in the Cup race since it's a brand new racetrack. They shouldn't get practice in the lower series. They should leave the lower series alone. I'm sick and tired of these bushwhackers and truck whackers going in here and just taking it away from these drivers. Hmm. You know, I see the point that a lot of people are talking about this. Yeah, it's got to be frustrating for these drivers who are running for a championship to never be in victory lane. I can I can understand that one. At the same time, though, 
there's a reason why um, it's a good thing to see these cup drivers go down to these lower series. And the, and the answer is just very, very simple. It's going to attract more people to watch the race. I understand that it can be frustrating if you're a truck series driver and you just cannot compete for the win, but you're still first in points even though you're not getting a win at all. That's that's understandable. But the problem is, is these drivers honestly haven't had too much recognition here in the top series to really kind of carry such strong fan bases. Yes, we got Haley Deegan down here. Haley Deegan, I bet, has really helped with the Truck Series ratings. But honestly, when you get a driver from the top series moving down into these lower series to compete, it grabs more fan interest, especially people who are fans of those drivers. I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you go to a dirt race. Just a random dirt race. I'm not ca- talking about this one. Let's just say there's one going on randomly um, in North Carolina. And they got the regulars there, and they bring all their regular fans there. What would happen if you had someone like Kyle Larson, Kenny Wallace, and drivers like that going down to compete in that race? Do you really think people are going to be turned off by that and say, oh no, I'm not going to go see that race. Uh, These guys are going to dominate it. It's not worth watching. Or do you think the exact opposite is going to happen? People are going to be like, oh shit, Kyle Larson's going to be there? Hell yeah, I want to go see that race. He's going to lead all those laps. He's going to kick ass. This is my chance to go meet Kyle Larson. That is what mostly happens when you see these lower drivers go down into these lower races. Yes, it gives them practice, but at the same time, it honestly gives these lower series more of a limelight that they wouldn't have had without them. That's all I got to say about that. I know the frustration. I know what people are saying. It's just like they want to see different drivers win, but in all honesty... These drivers are really helping the lower series grab more attention. That's just the way it is. So that's all I'll talk about here in this truck race. Now let's move on to the big one everyone was super excited about, the dirt race for the Cup Series. Alrighty, some quick statistics to go over before we start talking about the final results. There was 10 cautions for 37 laps. Note that caution laps did not really count in this race. That's why the the lap count is so low. They didn't just do three laps of caution and immediately go back green. Also, there was only 39 cars that started this race, which means nobody missed it. Um, Kind of a good thing there. And there was 253 laps ran in this race. We did have one overtime there near the end. And in the end, it was driver of the number 22 for Roger Penske getting the victory. That is Joey Logano, first win of the 2021 season and the first win on a dirt race since 1970. Joey Logano, he is your winner of the inaugural dirt race at Bristol. Finishing second is the number 47 of Ricky Stenhouse Jr., a very impressive run at the end. Finishing third is the number 11 of Denny Hamlin. Finishing fourth, an incredible run by the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. Finishing 5th is the number 6 of Ryan Newman. 6th place, we have the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing 7th is the number 8 of Tyler Reddick. Finishing 8th, we have the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. Finishing 9th, another good run for the number 43 of Eric Jones. Rounding out the top 10, everyone's favorite, the number 9 of Chase Elliott. Finishing 11th, we have the number 2 of Brad Keselowski. Finishing 12th is the Daytona 500 winner, the number 34 of Michael McDowell. Finishing 13th is the number 21 of Matt DiBenedetto. 14th, we have the number 17 of Chris Busher. 15th is the number 4 of Kevin Harvick. 16th, we have 
have the number one in Kurt Busch. 17th is his brother, the number 18 in Kyle Busch. The highest running open charter car, the number 37 of Ryan Priest, is credited with the 18th position. Finishing 19th, he had an incredible race, uh, leading 126 laps, but had a flat tire near the end. Finishing 19th is the number 19 of Martin Trex Jr. And rounding up the top 20, the rookie, the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. Some noticeable drivers who finished outside the top 20. The number 23 of Bubba Wallace finishing 7th in both stages. Uh, went a couple laps down, getting caused in an accident, finishing 27th. In the 29th spot, we have the number 5 of Kyle Larson getting involved in two accidents. Uh, he still was able to run till the end, but he finished 5 laps down. We also have the number 20 of Christopher Bell, a front runner there early in the race, but got into an accident on lap 54, ending his day. Uh, the same goes to the number 42 of Ross Chastain, the number 10 of Eric Amarola, the number 78 of Shane Globick, the number 7 of Corey LaJoy, and the number 38 of Anthony Alfredo, all being involved in an accident on lap number 39, finishing 35th through 39th. And that's your final results here for the Bristol Dirt Race. Now, here's my honest opinion as far as this race went. It went about as good as most people would expect for being at the first ever race held on dirt. And here's what I mean by that. We all knew it wasn't going to be a spectacular best race ever kind of thing. Because that would be kind of silly to think about. That's like saying you're making love for the first time and it's the best experience ever for all the other times. You have no experience in that. So obviously that's not going to be the case. Same thing with this dirt race. It went about as good as they could have been prepared for. Especially with the lack of heat races, the lack of practice. It was very, very limited for these drivers to kind of get a feel for the dirt track. It still went off pretty good. I mean, yes, I felt like the race was extremely long. Uh, I don't think a dirt race needs to be this long. It's better than um, a 500-mile race, but still, it felt like it dragged on for quite a bit. As far as the racing went, it was it was really good. Side-by-side uh, -side racing um, here and there. There was multiple lanes. We, I think a lot of people were f uh, worried that there was only going to be one lane of racing. There was going to be no passing. It would be like the 2015 Indianapolis race where they try to do something new and then the cars would have no chance to pass. I think a lot of people were worried about that. And honestly, that didn't really happen. There was a lot of good action-packed racing there. Um, I think where NASCAR screwed up was the lack of putting water down on the racetrack. If you are a fan of dirt racing, you know how important it is to put water down on the racetrack. Drivers won't be able to see, and I think a lot of accidents were caused by that. Um, we clearly saw when Ryan Blaney and a bunch of those other guys got into that um, accident in the middle of the race. Uh, that none of them could see a damn thing. There was so much dust flying in the air. And then their um, response was, uh, we're going to make it single file. And a lot of people were just like, you know, why are you guys making your own rules as the race goes by? You know, NASCAR, you usually have a big problem with this and we don't like it. And now you're doing it once again. In a sense, I do understand why. They, the double file was just way too dangerous with all that dirt going up. So they wanted to do single file. That's fine. They should have probably told them, hey, this could be a potential idea instead of just randomly just doing it. Another thing I noticed was the guys that we thought were going to be running up front and kicking ass, hardly any of them were there near the front. Yeah, we had Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson moving up the field, but they got caught in an early accident and a lot of people were just like, oh shit, well, now who do we go for? And in the end, we did see a few drivers start going to the front that did have some dirt racing experience. But then you had people like Daniel Suarez, 
Joey Logano, Denny Hamlin, you know, and William Byron, drivers like that who've never really raced in dirt, honestly being up there near the front when it mattered most. Hell, I said Brad Keselowski and Chase Elliott would not be good picks at all to put in this race, and they finished 10th and 11th, which is honestly not that bad. In the end, though, it was kind of like one of those things that's just like, man, we, we were hoping more of a wild card kind of race, and that didn't really happen. It, it seemed like the drivers that are usually running up front are usually up there, except for some drivers, like I said, incredible job for Daniel Suarez. I can't believe he was able to run that high and lead 58 laps. I thought he was going to be one of the biggest upsets of the 2021 season winning this race. And unfortunately, it did not happen, but hey, take a top five. That's great for that new startup team. I think the biggest thing we can take away from this race is there's definitely needs to be some changes and some notes that need to be taken on to the next event they have here because it already sounds like they have this planned again for next year, which honestly I don't mind and I, I'm pretty sure a lot of fans are excited to hear that again because they want to see more things different and this is definitely one of the most different things that we have seen in decades. So I understand why people are super excited on that. I believe this race is what it needed to be. I mean, I know a lot of people were just like, oh, this is going to be the greatest race ever. If you were thinking that, you're very disappointed in this race. I think for it being the first ever dirt race in so long, it was really, really good. We just need to adjust more things. I honestly think maybe a shorter race distance. I don't think it needs to be a 126-mile race because for dirt races, that does take a long time. I think... If we're going to have competition cautions or a certain amount of time for drivers to go down pit road and work on their stuff, I think the water truck should be out there watering the dirt because at some point we couldn't hardly see what was going on in the race and neither could the spotters or the drivers. So that definitely needs to be adjusted. And if they want to start having single file restarts, I think they should put a plan into effect if, hey, if this many cautions happen from this point forward, we'll be running single file. They can't just do it off the whim. Because that's going to upset fans and that's going to upset drivers. Also, I just realized this. There's going to be a new car coming in next year. So we're almost going to kind of be starting over the process once again on trying to figure out how these cars are going to race around this track. So, (laughs) man, there's just no other way to put it except um, it was really good for what it was. It's not going to be the greatest thing ever. I think this is exactly what we were going to expect. There does need to be a few more changes, and if they do implement those changes and the cars that they're bringing in for next year run just about the same, I think it would be a phenomenal race. It will be exactly what it needs. But if it stays like this next year where there's dirt flying everywhere, they keep making different rule changes, there's a wreck every few laps, then this is going to be a complete bust, and we're never going to want to open up back to dirt racing again. Let me know what you guys think. I honestly did enjoy watching this race from beginning to end, but there are some changes that need to be done. Overall, this race is going to be probably, I can't even compare it to other races because it's so different. It, it I think we're just going to put it as an asterisk and just leave it in the top three uh, for races that have happened so far this year. So that's all I got to say about that. Now let's move on to our awards time. Alrighty, now it's time for the most prestigious five awards here on this podcast. And when I mean the most prestigious, I mean they're about as good as you would expect. 
We have ourselves the Soap Award, the Bum Award, the Top Fantasy Driver, the Top Field Filler, and of course, the Paint Scheme Award. Let's first start off with the Soap Award, and I already know which driver's going to get this. Now, a lot of people might be thinking John Hunter Newmanchek for the show he was putting on, but it was mostly his hand gestures, you know, the applauding in turns one and two, the applauding up to the spotters. I don't think you really need a Soap Award for that one. He did say a few cuss words, but I can kind of forgive him in a sense that he did get taken out. The one who deserves the Soap Award is the guy who took him out, which was Matt Crafton. They tried to play the radio of him saying, I'm going to punch him in the throat, but it was more like a Jerry Springer show where every single word was bleeped out. The only thing I can imagine was, mother staring at me, fucking asshole trying to get into my skin, I'll fucking punch him in the throat, what a fucking dickhead, da 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 da. That's what it sounded like. It was absolutely ridiculous. So, he needs like a whole collection of soaps. And I think Just Luxurious Body Soaps is going to be able to supply that to him because they have a good vast amount of those and he's going to have to scrub it with every single smell that they have because, my goodness, so much cussing there. Easily winning the soap award is going to go to Matt Crafton. Next one, we have ourselves the Bum Award, and I think a lot of people are going to be actually quite shocked on who's going to win this Bum Award. It is going to be none other than Kyle Larson. <gasps> Giving Kyle Larson the Bum Award in a dirt race? How dare thee? Why would you ever do such a thing? He ran two races, and he wrecked out of both of them. Well, he didn't wreck out in the cup race, but he got into multiple accidents. He was more disappointing than pre-ejaculation. There's just no other way to put it. Like, oh, oh, he had to start in the back, so it was already really disappointing. And then we all start getting a little excited, like, oh, oh, now he's going to be moving to the front. Oh, oh, he's going to leave some wrecks. Uh Oh, he just wrecked. Oh, and he did that for the cup race as well. I mean, there's no other way to put it. He was supposed to be the best driver this weekend, and he wasn't a factor for either race. He was out before they even got done with stage one for both of them. So that is why I consider Kyle Larson a bum award. You were the best driver going into here, and you had such horrible finishes, finishing 35th as well as finishing 29th. That is very disappointing, especially for a dirt racer like you. Shame on you. Get the hell out of my podcast. Now it's time for the Fantasy Driver Award, the driver who scored the most fantasy points in this race. And I don't think anyone had this guy on their list. And that was the number 22 of Joey Logano scoring 55 points. Finishing second to him was Denny Hamlin scoring 50 points. Two drivers that we thought would probably maybe be top 10 guys or finishing 11th or 12th. We did not think that these guys would be having this many fantasy points in this race. So hats off to Joey Logano. Um, Really kind of shocking everybody with those 55 points. Hopefully you had him on your fantasy roster. I bet a lot of people didn't. I'm I'm pretty sure there's some of you out there that did. If you did so, you're really happy with that because most of us had Christopher Bell and Kyle Larson and Chase Briscoe. Drivers like that and they absolutely let us down. So, congratulations to Joey Logano. You're the winner once again here for the Fantasy Driver Award. Now it is time for the Paint Scheme Award. The Which driver had the best looking paint scheme for their car? Now, most of us really couldn't see these paint schemes due to the dirt, and then a lot of them got really dirty. So, there's that. But there was still, we had to have a find a winner. Now, Corey LaJoy in the number seven, he had a really good looking car. Just sponsoring the the trucks going to Knoxville, that color with the orange and the kind of the 
darker orange. I mean, there's no other way to put it. It really blended well in this race. And then seeing the NOS Energy cars, the number 15 car, as well as the number 66, those kind of paint schemes with the orange and blue, I've always really loved that. But since there was multiple cars with that paint scheme, I can't give it to those guys either. I think the winner for this weekend has to be Kevin Harvick for the simple fact that his paint scheme represented a dirt race. You know, paint scheme of the mud all over the sides, mixed with the bush light staying on top of the muddy hill. I think this was a perfect paint scheme to have in this race. The best part was, by the end of the race, it was covered in mud, but you really couldn't tell because guess what? The paint scheme represented that. I think this car easily gets the award just for representing the Bristol dirt race with its paint scheme. And for the last award, we got the Field Filler Award. Which driver usually runs in the back represented the backfield the best? And I'm going to give it to the number 99, Daniel Suarez. I don't think there's really any other driver that deserves this more than him. Now, Daniel Suarez is not really a guy who finishes around 30th on back with that number 99 machine. He's been running really well right around the top 20. So it's kind of really hard to consider him more of a field filler. But the way he did in this race, having no experience at all really in dirt racing, to be able to lead uh, 20% of this race, also contending with some of the top guys in NASCAR, now I understand what he meant by this 99 team is probably one of the best opportunities he has ever had here in the Cup Series. Because these guys, for being a brand new team, really have it figured out right now. And I'm very impressed by this run. And I really think he does deserve this award and recognition. Because for him to do that at a racetrack that none of us really thought that he would even be a close contender, really well deserving. Great job by him. Great job by Justin Marks and Trackhouse Racing and Pitbull for saying Dale in the mud if he was watching the race. I'm pretty sure he did. So congratulations to this team. They're well deserving of the Field Filler Award. Give them all the round of applause, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. Good round of applause, everyone. Good round of applause. And that will conclude today's episode, guys. Thank you so much for listening. I don't know if we're going to have an episode on Friday since there isn't going to be any races next weekend because it is Easter Sunday. I hope you spend time with your family. Um, I'm going to be going to my hometown to see my family. So hopefully you guys have a good time here during Easter Sunday. Grab some eggs. Eat some candy. Um... Whatever you want to do, just go and enjoy it. And above all, guys, thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest. I have been able to fill up the last few remaining minutes of your time, so I'm going to take the car and pull it right on into pit road, collect my last place winnings, and I am out. So you all take care. This has been the Field Filler Podcast. <laughs>